Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In a world where fans have grown tired of the same old cookie cutter Comic Con formats, only one con defies the odds. Only one Comic Con stands what fans really want. Only one Comic Con dares calls itself terrific. That's right. This August 17th through the 19th at the all-new giant-sized Mohegan Sun Expo Center in Uncasville, Connecticut, comes Terrificon. Connecticut's Terrific Comic Con is back with New England's largest gathering of comic book artists and writers. Plus, Terrificon delivers actors from your favorite TV shows and movies. And there's an all-new expanded gaming section as we give you tabletop gaming, video games, and so much more. Plus, don't forget, all kids 10 and under get in free at Terrificon and can be part of the all-new All Yeah Kids Comic Con. Join us for three full days of Comic-Con action only in Connecticut at Terrificon. For more information, go to our website, www.terrificon.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. This is the second of two episodes that are being released today. Uh, If you didn't notice, a great talk about Batman and the Bronze Age and boxing with Michael Cronenberg, who wrote the Batcave Companion for Two Morrows, and is also one of the people behind the great digital magazine Ringside Seat, and you know my love of boxing. So Batman and Boxing on the other podcast released today on Word Balloon. But you are here for Scotty Young, and good for you, because I miss Scotty, you miss Scotty. He's kicking ass with I Hate Fairyland. He's got a couple other projects coming up for Image, and we get a little preview from him about those. He's been doing hilarious stuff from Marvel. Uh, You know, just uh, I want to go through the litany of some of his uh, great titles. Rocket Raccoon, what a great run. Seriously, man. I I expected so little from a Rocket Raccoon comic book, and it just felt... Just like in a different way, but like Jason Aaron's uh, Thor, Rocket Raccoon had a very heavy metal feel to it. And it really was just great space adventure with Rocket. And, you know, I love that shit. I mean, I'm a, you know, Fear Agent fan and going back to some of the old stuff. So I really think Scotty nailed it with Rocket Raccoon. There was also Giant Size Little Marvel that uh, came out uh, during AVX. That was hilarious. He also did a great uh, tie-in for uh, Little X-Men. Uh, Little Avengers, which was a hilarious trade paperback. The Human Torch. Him and Carl Kiesel working together. So many great things for Marvel over the years. Well, guess what? Now he's doing Deadpool. Uh, Very exciting for uh, Scotty and for us. The first issue is out. I didn't realize it while we were having the conversation. I've since read it, and it's great. And, of course, Scotty is a perfect fit for Wade Wilson and his adventures. And I'm in because uh, Scotty's got that great blend of action and humor that is very unique and I think uh, comes out really well. It's been a pleasure watching Scotty's career from when I first met him back in 2006 to uh, 12 years later and uh, I'm glad he's still a friend and uh, I miss him. He he used to be in Chicago. He moved downstate uh, and to central Illinois, right around Illinois State University, kind of in that area, sort of in the Peoria area as well. And now he's in Kansas City and he talks about that. And uh, welcoming is him is uh, Jason Aaron, among other friends, down in Kansas City, which is a great story, too. So uh, great to catch up with Scotty Young. 
on today's Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your wonderful support via Patreon, patreon.com slash Word Balloon. If you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, do you think Word Balloon's worth a, a dollar a month? Would that be all right? You know, I mean, that's under the price of a graphic novel a year. And uh, I, I hope that uh, you're enjoying all the great entertainment that I try to give you each week here at wordballoon.com. But uh, thank you very much for your support. We a little bit of a push in uh, June with a bunch of new subscribers. I can't thank you enough, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And uh, there's some really cool stuff at uh, InStock Trades. Uh, let's talk about some of that Scotty Young product that we were just discussing. Uh, things like Color Your Own Marvel by Scotty Young. Lots of fun uh, pages in there. And I'm a huge fan of the coloring book craze. It is a great way to turn your brain off and just really relax. It's a great stress reliever. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, this is 42% off. It's only $5.79. You can also get uh, the Rocket Raccoon Collections. Uh, first of all, the first trade paperback, A Chasing Tail. Uh, that's all, Scotty, both writing and art. 42% off. It's $11.59. Uh, there is also uh, I Hate Fairyland stuff going on. Like uh, you can get Volume 2, which is Fluff My Life. Uh, it's 42% off, $8.69. There's Volume 3 of Fairyland, Good Girl. Uh, that is 42% off, $9.85. There's The Human Torch, him and uh, Carl Kiesel. A great run. And uh, one of uh, Scotty's first works for Marvel. But uh, that's 42% off, just $20.00 and 29 cents because it's a big compilation of uh, stories in that young marvel trade paperback little x-men little avengers big trade paperback 42 percent off just 14 dollars and 49 cents all scotty young all waiting for you at instocktrades.com there's a lot more stuff you'll find great books at great prices instocktrades.com all right let's pick things up with scotty young it's great to have him back uh the last time we talked as i say in the introduction was right around the time that fairyland was just getting underway and uh, man, it's just uh, great to catch up with Scotty. So a good conversation with a good friend, Scotty Young, on today's Word Balloon. It's been a while, Scotty Young. I'm glad you're back on Word Balloon. Welcome back, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It always, it, even when it feels like I haven't been on for a while, it doesn't because I listen to the show. So it always feels like you're always you're always a part of my week. So oh, you're kind, uh, honestly. Yeah, you're you're always a part of my week. So I never feel like it's as big a gap as it is. And then when we when we finally line some up, I'm like, I look at my Skype. I'm like, oh my god, it's been like a couple of years. I know. I'm, I'm I'm embarrassed because yeah, I think literally it might have been at the start of Fairyland. It might be yeah, the last time yeah, we was, talked. Yeah. And Volume Three just came out. Uh, actually, as we're recording, Issue Nineteen just came out. So, uh, man, uh, things, things continue to be upsetting in fairyland and, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's, you never know where I'm going to take it. I never know where I'm going to take it. That's, uh, that's kind of the fun of this book. That's excellent, man. And, and really, it, it seems like the book's still going great, still going strong and a good core audience and everything. Yeah. The, you know, the sales have maintained a really, really great, uh, you know, really found its, its stride. And we, you know, we've, I've, we've been able to maintain that through, throughout the whole run and, um, and yeah, the, the, the audience seems to really enjoy it. And I get a lot of cool cosplayers at all the cons I go to. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, and the, and the right the audience, like the, you know, the, the, the diversity in the audience, I think is awesome, you know, from ages to, to gender, to everything. It's just awesome. It, it really is a, it really is a surprising, uh, project uh, as far as all that stuff goes it's pretty fun i was telling you off the air uh one of my good friends uh, laps comic reader has come back at, to comics and uh, he doesn't buy a lot of them but honestly 
yours is the go-to book. And literally, he's like, all right, when's the next issue? <laughs> you know? Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool to hear. I mean, you know, anytime that you're, you know, you're sitting in a room by yourself making stuff up, um, and then you put it out in the world, it's easy to it's it's easy to just think like nobody sees it, you know. Um, so it's always it's always good to hear those stories where somebody's like, "Yeah, this is mine. This is my title." Because we, we've all got that, right? Like the book that we just hone in on. Well, and I'm and I'm really glad, man, because again, uh, even though I think it is obviously getting better, I know it's not easy with the humor comic. I just had. Uh, Michael Kupperman on. And, you know, mm-hmm. Tales Designed to Thrizzle is one of the funniest books out there. And he's switched gears and he's doing biographical stuff. And, you know, I don't know if you know. Do you know who I'm talking about, Michael Kupperman? Uh, no, no. He's, what, a, what? no. He's, he's a great New York uh, cartoonist. And he's he's kind of like a Tony Millionaire where he's, you know, done magazine illustration right. in the 90s along with doing his comics and stuff. And, right. uh, yeah, you know, it's just, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know. It's And I think... Obviously, that end of the business for him is drying up. Have you ever done that? Have you done any um, magazine illustration beyond you know what you do in comics? No, it's it's never been. You know, there was a few things that popped up for Mad Magazine. You know, uh, opportunities. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, um, the timing didn't work out. Out, and, and it was a little bit of a bummer for me because you know Mad Magazine was what I came up reading. And um, but no, yeah, some for some reason I've never fallen into that that world or you know plugged into that world any um but no yeah the, the humor the humor comic is definitely it's definitely um an, an interesting challenge uh, month in and month out because um you know some days you you certainly don't feel funny um sure. you know you're not in the mood to be funny or you're not in the mood to draw funny stuff and and you're know, like well it doesn't matter like get to the yuck yuck man um <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's a fun, it's an interesting challenge, and, and I think I think sometimes actually that helps the balance of the book. You know, help Gert's a little bit of a dark character anyway, so I think sometimes <laughs> going in and not feeling particularly funny kind of helps balance this wacky book out every now and then. I liked uh, I liked when she went to the uh, convention at the beginning of volume three. <laughs> I think it was issue yeah. eleven. I want to say. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. I think that was the first one back after uh, the, the 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 break there. But yeah, that was a. Uh, that's what I love about this book. It's just kind of doing episodes of, you know, taking stuff from all different kind of areas of life and, and then finding a way to plug it into this, you know, the, this weird candy coated world. And I mean, you know, I've spent, I've spent the better part of 17, 18 years kicking around conventions. So I was like, I've got to, I've got to take a run. I've got to take a run at that, you know? Sure. Definitely. Now, great stuff, man. And, um, really, I, I, tell me about your colorist. We've never talked about that. And of course, very important in a, a vibrant book like Fairyland. Oh yeah, I mean Jean Francois is um, he's he and I have been working together for God twelve, 12 years maybe. We you know wow. we worked on we worked on we first got together on New Warriors. Okay, um, holy cow! When Go I, on when I when I started that, and that was like two thousand six, I think. Oh two, my god, two thousand five, yeah. two thousand five or six. Um, we got together. Um, I was going to color that book on my own. And then um, just realized, like, oh, man, I hadn't taken on that kind of, you know, I colored my covers and things like that, but I hadn't taken on that level of workload yet. And so um, I teamed up with Jean back then, and, you know, we would, um, you know, sometimes I'd get in and adjust some things here or there. But we just kind of came up together, and, you know, that didn't last long because he's way better than I am. And so, you know, I just kind of handed him the keys, and, and, and he's pretty much, you know, I think with the exception of a piece here or there, he is pretty much colored every interior page that I've done since then. 
Um, you know, that he be kind of came a package deal with me on any project. You know, even when I, you know, when I first signed my first Marvel exclusive, that was part of the the deal is that you know Jean could color me um, on anything. He come he came along with me as long as he wanted to. Um, you know, so he colored me on New X Men. Um, when we went there, he colored, uh, all of the, he colored all of Oz, um, all the Oz books. He colored, um, Rocket Raccoon, uh, Rocket Rock, Raccoon and Groot. Um, he's colored Fairyland. He's, and now he's coloring the, the books, uh, the, the new image books that I'm working on that I'm just writing with, okay. with other artists, with other artists. He's coloring those. So, um, he is my, I, you know, I say this all the time. He is, he is literally, you know, feels like my right hand or the right half of my brain. We've worked together so long that, you know, there's almost no note process anymore. Um, he, he, we, we just share a brain. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. You, it's, you rely it's, on his instincts and he, he knows what you like and. 100%. Yeah. He knows, he knows when I do this mark or leave this blank or do this or, or what or leave, you know, static character here or there. He, he knows exactly what to do it. He's, you know, he's done it. 400 times and so he's like he picks up on that and then for me it's funny because one of the projects that i'm working on right now i'm, I'm, I'm doing a project with jorge corona that we'll we're going to announce soon but okay um jorge, jorge and i got together and, and we're really um uh you know like giving him all like like okay here's what we're thinking about this project and we're thinking this and we're thinking this and and then he you know he came back with our having uh, applied all of our notes and we both were like huh hmm uh, no, this, this, this isn't working. And then he was like, and then he came back with a recolor and he's like, well, here's, here's what I was going to do. And then we were like, oh yeah, well, yeah, we should have just stepped out, out of your way <laughs> because you're way, you're way smarter at this uh, than we are. We thought we knew what we were talking about, but he just smashed it and we were like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you, you've got this. Like, um, so he, he's just, his instincts are great. And, and, and Fairyland, I think he, he just brings so much to that book. Um, that I, I, I truly, truly do not think that he, that it, it could probably exist without him. You know, like he, he's, he's, he's the guy who makes it look like a crazy bag of, of candy, um, and, and helps, you know, the weird, uh, dichotomy between the, the super hyper violent stuff and all the candy colors is, is him. He creates such a fun mood with it that I can't say enough nice things about John. I had no idea it was the same guy all this time, Scotty, because, yeah, man, I think of some of your more, you know, some of the pieces you've done in the anthology books and some sensitive pieces you've done, mm-hmm. and it's the same guy and everything. So, no, that's that's true, man. He's uh, he's he's the right guy for you, and I, that's really cool to know. Yeah, he's if, if, it's, if it's not a cover, I mean, he does all the covers for this, too. But, you know, the Marvel covers I will do on my own most of the time. Okay. Or, you sure. know, cer- certain pieces that I just do on my own will be me um but yeah any of the main any of all almost all my actual comic work has been uh has been john for yeah like i said eight 12 years 12 13 somewhere around here sometimes we can't believe that we've been working together that long but how'd you find him uh, um josh middleton connected with him you know back in the day i was friends with josh middleton and, okay. and uh, josh was kind of using you know working with him in some way and and I also think he colored something for Nick Bradshaw way back when Nick Bradshaw was in animation and, and hadn't really broken into comics yet. Okay. Um, um, and that's where and that's what I liked about his stuff because it was very animated. Sure. Um, yes. You know, and back back then I was definitely going for a very animation flavor, but um, yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, oh my gosh, I need somebody quick. Do you know anybody? And you know, he was available, and, and then he and he's fast, and he's 
Um, he, there's not a lot of, he doesn't have any ego at all. You know, he's not like, well, this is my palate and this is how it goes. I mean, he's just really like, what do you want to do, buddy? Like, let's, let's get this done and let's, let's make some fun comments. You know, he's just a, he's a real talent. That's excellent, man. That's really cool. All right. Now you mentioned you've got a, you got an image uh, series that's coming up that uh, you're not ready to announce. I'm assuming the one that, yeah, yeah. The details. I've got two books coming up. One, one is like I said that that it's gonna you know, issue twenty is is uh, you know wraps up the, the the next arc of Fairyland, um, and that's out in July. And okay. uh, so uh, you might find a little something out after that. But um, that's with Jorge, um, uh, my friend Jorge Corona, okay. who just wrapped up um, number one with a bullet. Oh, sure. And I think he's also doing Big Trouble in Little China. At, at is that Boom? Yeah, that, that would that? be Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he also draws that book, and he's done a, he's done a handful of other books. He's an he's a he's an insane talent. Um, so more information on that one later. But that one that one I'm really really excited about. Um, and before that, I have uh, in September, which is uh, going to be solicited in the next previews. But uh, the press release went wide on this this past week. But it uh, is a book called Bully Wars. Um, yes, tell with, me about Bully Wars. I do remember seeing that uh, over the headlines. So talk, talk about Billy War, Bully Wars. Yeah, that's that's a book I'm co-creating with um, Aaron Conley. Um, for people who, if you don't know Aaron's work, he he um, he co-created a book called Sabretooth Swordsman um, that came out uh, through Image, and it's it was a really funny, amazingly illustrated book, and, and uh, I, I think it was a Dark Horse, and. Um, and then, you know, he started kind of popping up here and there. And I, and I met him early on through actually the 11 o'clock comics guys. They oh. had talked about Sabretooth Swordsman. And, and that's how I found the book was they talked about it. And then I went to Heroes Con and, and introduced myself to him and uh, kind of was like, man, I, I'd love to work with him at some point. So we started chatting and just kind of kept in touch. And um, when, I was, when I was on Rocket um, and started bringing other artists to come on, I thought this might be a really good opportunity for us to see you know, it, you know, if we work well together and, if we, you know, if he, he likes my flavor or whatever. Sure. And so um, we got him on an issue of Rocket, uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot, which was like a it was a fantasy football issue, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but actually fantasy. Right. It was actually like giant robots and wizards and dragons playing like a football across the whole planet. Um, but when I told him, I was like, <laughs> it's funny, as I said, hey, Aaron. He's like, oh man, I can't wait to do this because I'm like, cool. You're you're gonna do my Friday Night Lights issue. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I was like, Friday Night Lights. You ever watch that show? And he's like, the, the the high school football show. And I was like, yeah. It's like that show's amazing, right? Like, love Friday Night Lights. <laughs> and he was like, he was super, he was kind of bummed because he was like, you know, he's like known for drawing like crazy wacky like monsters and almost like crazy like you know uh, like Kirby type stuff. And I and I'm sitting there telling him he's going to be doing my Friday Night Lights, my Coach Taylor Friday Night Lights <laughs> episode, and and I was like, just trust me, just trust me, and uh, and, and and ultimately he had a blast because you know the, the conceit was fantasy football, but then they literally travel to a planet where the entire planet is a football field, and it's it's genuine. It's basically like a, it was a giant, uh, it was a giant Jack Kirby esque football uh, match, and the whole time there is a Coach Taylor, you know, giving you know, crazy Friday night lights level speeches. And, um, <laughs> and, and so we worked together and on that and just, he just, 
smashed it out of the park and, cool. and um, and I fell in love with his work. So, uh, after that he was going, you know, he worked on a few other things and I was like, okay, as soon as something comes up or something occurs to me that, you know, and Fairyland was starting around the same time. So I got busy with that. Um, and eventually I had bully wars was a project that I started about almost 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I started kind of developing it. In fact, I wrote kind of almost a graphic novel and, and did layouts and everything for this graphic novel. And I thought about going that route. And this was probably two, it was like 2009, okay. 2010, something okay. around there. Um, you know, so image, you know, the image the, where it is now wasn't quite in full swing quite yet. Sure. And, you know, sure. we were still trying to figure out what that, what, where, what, where everything was with creator own comics and, the iPad had just come out and Scholastic had bone now. And that was just kind of kicking off and, and the Scholastic started their graphics line. So it was a really interesting time for me because I started wondering like, where am I going to fit in? Like the Oz, you know, I was still on Oz and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my own projects. And mm-hmm. so I developed Bully Wars um, as kind of like an all ages, um, you know, play on the whole bully thing. But like, I'll get into the story more, but so I, I, in a little bit, but so I developed that and then I ended up shelving it for a little bit because I did feel like, obviously it's a story focused on bullies and, and at the time that I was developing it, I started to feel like it was, it started to feel too mean. Like it's, it was, I hadn't, meaning I hadn't, I didn't have it yet. Like I had an idea and it was close but it wasn't there yet. There wasn't a balance yet. Like the themes weren't there yet. And and it was kind of just coming off and as, as mean spirited and not, you know, there'd be funny stuff. But then at the end of the day, you're like, wow, this is just a lot of mean stuff. <laughs> and so um, I was like, you know what? I, and I just put it away because I thought eventually this will occur to me or sometime I'll, I'll dive back in and I'll, I'll, I'll tool this up and I'll fix it. Um, and then it just sat there for a long time. And then, you know, rocket came along and we did that and, and, and I launched Fairyland and, you know, did all this other stuff. And, and then when Aaron and I started to talk about what we wanted to do, one story that we had going was, I, I, I kid you not, was almost, almost, it, it was, it was played more for com- comedy, but it was almost stranger things. Exactly. But, but in a, like, like in a campy, um, invader Zim Saturday morning cartoon style, instead of like, Stephen King, right? I'm with you. But it was, but it was kids on bikes and and uh, monsters in the town and the whole thing. And 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 we were like on the phone and we were kind of pumped about it. And then I remember like that weekend, all of a sudden out of nowhere, Stranger Things drops, and we were like, <laughs> we got to the we're like, well, fuck. <laughs> sure. And then and then we just kind of like, all right, we're all right, we gotta we gotta put that on hold. Like that's like we gotta like it just felt weird now. Um, and then I just said, I, bear with me on this, but I have this old project that I've been sitting on and I can't shape that. I think that you would bring some, you know, you would bring it to this whole, whole other level. And I pitched it to him and, and, um, and after talking about it a little while, it clicked and, and, and then once he got involved and at this point, you know, in the, in the, in, in the nine or so years or whatever, eight years at the time, whatever it had been since I first took a pass at it. I had written a lot of comic books between then and now. So all the issues that I felt that, that were wrong with it back then, I felt that I was 
I understood it now. Like, and okay. so I found the balance and we, you know, Aaron with Aaron's help, you know, we, we, we created the, the balance of characters and brought in and we, we, you know, discussed and figure out the themes of it. And, and so it went from just kind of being a wacky view at the, you know, these weird school bullies to being a much more about, um, what happens when a, a bully gets bullied and, um, and then, you know, I started exploring that, the idea of, you know, if somebody is a bully, like there's so many times in stories, like, you know, we, we kind of throw this out there as it's like, this is very much like Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Captain Underpants with like a f- kid funny version of the Hunger Games, right? Like, okay. So it's like all these, <laughs> it's like all these weird concepts mashed up. But what we really wanted to, to what I really always notice when I read some of these books to my son um, and you see these stories that focus on, you know, geeks and bullies, it's always the, the bullies are going to be bullies the rest of their lives, right? That's always kind of the conceit. It's like, well, he's bad and he's always going to be bad and he's going to grow up to be Biff, right? It's going to always be gotcha. that. Gotcha. And it's what, what we're kind of playing with here is like, does that have to be that way? Like, you know, is there a way, you know, not in like, oh my gosh, we're going to teach you a lesson type thing. It's going to be a lot of lot of laughs but we wanted to play with the idea of like you know a lot of times people are bullied for certain reasons and or become bullies for certain reasons and it doesn't mean that that they've their 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 whole life has to be written off now or you know they don't have to be they're not branded like you know they they, they're not that forever especially when you're a kid like you know we're supposed to be teaching right we're supposed to like when we're kids like we're supposed to be like we're supposed to be seeing flaws and see if we can't can't point these out and, and put people on right paths. And so we're playing a little bit with those themes while, you know, running amok um, with the, with the story. So really what it is, is it focuses on a, on a character named Rufus Roughhouse, who is um, he's always been the biggest bully in school since he, you know, started school. And, and, um, and this book starts on the first day of high school and he's very excited that he's going to be able to be the biggest bully in a bigger school now and has all these new kids to bully. Um, and, all, and, and meanwhile, we meet, you know, um, Spencer, Edith and Ernie, which are, you know, the kids who have been bullied by him since school started all these years. Um, and you see that they're two, these two groups perspective on the first day of school. Uh, three of them are very like, oh, here it goes. Like, sure, here we go. Like, it's time <laughs> to start this up again. And one's like, oh yeah, here we go, right? Um, and then they all get shocked on the first day when Rufus himself becomes bullied as soon as he gets there. Um, and and then it's uh, then it's a matter of like, how are these two sides going to navigate the, the the waters in the school um, and and make it basically survive the 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 weird hierarchy that is. Um, bullies and bullied and uh there's then that you know they find out that there's a competition for the bullies to see who actually gets the 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 right to rule the school um and then just the relationships between the like i said the relationships between the bullied and the bullies um is kind of the stuff that we're playing with uh and then you wrap all that up in aaron's amazing funny funky artwork and you're just like oh man this is like i'm i'm in love with it you know it's just a blast so there's going to be heightened reality obviously but this Sounds like it's a little more grounded, and it you know I wasn't sure if uh, especially now that you talk about it and what I remember reading in the press release and everything. Um, so it it is gonna is it gonna feel like a real high school, but obviously you know played for comedic, um, you know or or is it or is it off no, the wall and crazy like a fairyland sort of thing? 
it's i mean it's it is no it's definitely i would say it leans more towards off the wall sure and that's the way that when when we do when we do start pushing the buttons on the themes we feel like you'll you'll hear them instead of you know if we i we didn't want to play it so too like squeaky clean and wholesome okay yeah. in, in a lot of ways because we at that at some points it just feels like you know we're just telling it too straight up as i say like i said yeah. you know i read these captain underpants books to my sons and they do all the same stuff it, you know they have lessons in there and they have the themes in there of these different things but it's all while you know doing hilarious you know sure. potty or whatever um and and when you, when you start to see aaron's work you'll know right away like you know he, he he's setting the tone um, with the visuals. So, you okay. know, and there's things where I'll write that's off the wall, then he comes in and pluses it up and you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't think that the, 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 the sewer pipes that are the, you know, the, the pipes through the, through the water pipes through the school would have uh, that in it, but Aaron drew it in there and that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, right. so yeah, it, I would definitely say it leans more towards, you know, it's, you know, it's, I'm a, I'm an 80 Saturday morning cartoon guy. Right. And, sure, and sure. you know, and, you growing up with Animaniacs and, and Ren and Stimpy and, and uh, you know, later Invader Zim and all that kind of sure. like those those things. And so I, I would say it lands in that camp more so than where Diver and Wimpy Kid is a little bit more grounded. I'm with you. Um, so, yeah, it's somewhere in between all that. Okay. Well, that's cool. And, and again, I mean, that fits your sensibility as well. And you always pair yourself with artists that – convey your level of humor and everything they they're they're on your wavelength so or you you find a middle ground with them to 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 make what you usually make so uh no that sounds great i i think obviously fairyland fans are gonna enjoy this as well so that's kind of cool yeah i think i think that it'll be it's gonna be a way for you know for you know the parents who let some of their older kids read fairyland uh it'll be some of the ways that some of the parents who like that can now get a book for some of their younger kids. We, I really, really, I really was glad that Aaron was open to this too, because I really had a real strong draw to want to try to launch an all ages book and image. Um, you know, where Fairyland was very much not, even though it kind of looks like it at times, but, um, and then, you know, and then I do, you know, image, image definitely has some other cool all ages books, um, coming out right now. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to add to that landscape and, 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 you know, show, see if we can't help uh, maybe push image comics, which, you know, is, is the home of amazing books like Saga and Monstrous and, and Wicked and Divine and, you know, these big kind of sweeping adult um, sagas, right? Um, I also want to see if we can't start maybe finding our way back into the kids section of, of uh, the bookstores and, the, and, yeah. and popping up in the kids section of the comic bookstores. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, I feel like it's, 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 uh, it's a fun challenge that we wanted to take on and see if we can't kind of get somewhere in that all ages kids space. Well, and you've got your own built in focus group at home. How old are the kids now? Yeah. Uh, Baxter is eight and he'll be nine in November. Wow. And Milo turns three in August. So <laughs> that's great, right? It's, yeah, it's crazy. That's it is crazy, man. That's great. How's Casey doing? She's doing great, man. She's uh, her uh, her photography, you know, she, she's an artist as well. She's always, you know, you, you remember she was a singer, songwriter, right, fine musician, and, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, we, we always loved that. And in fact, you know, now that we moved to Kansas City, she actually popped the guitar out for a friend's birthday party the other night, which was great. But you know, over the last five or six years, she has become just an absolute outstanding photographer. 
um, and and does some uh, kind of documentary type documentary type um, shooting where she they call it a day in the life where she will go to a family's home uh, like the night before the shoot and stay with them and then wake up before the family does and basically just kind of fly on the wall shoot their whole day like That's a normal great. normal day like oh you guys you know, getting ready for school and get the kids on the bus and then, you know, take these kids to the park and the dad's getting ready for work or making breakfast or whatever. Um, and then, you know, at the end of this day, then she goes away and edits these photos and everything. And then, you know, a couple months later you get, you know, thousands of photos of you and your family, um, in, in, in the realest of ways. And we, we've, as a family, we've had it done and it really is a pretty special thing because you rarely think to snap, we never have anybody with that kind of artistic eye around when the normal stuff is happening. I hear you. Um, you know, it's, it's always me and my tilted angle on my iPhone, right? <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, she's been doing that for the last uh, five or six years, and and you know, has moved up and started you know doing a lot of education stuff with it, where she teaches you know and puts on workshops or travels and does workshops at at at, uh, at like photography retreats and things like that. So. Um, yeah, she's doing great, man. It's 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 been really awesome to watch her, you know, find a whole new art and just dive in and chop it up. She's always been so good at, um, you know, just taking something and, and mastering it, you know, from from scratch. It's pretty great. That's really cool. No, and I and I know other uh, people that have had that done and that kind of photography. And you're right; it's like this boy, especially years from now, the family can look back at that moment and and really. That's like, you know, a memory, uh, you know, kind of uh, yeah. pressed in ember and everything. And it's it's there forever. No, that's that's a really great idea uh, and, and uh, creative way to to approach photography and everything. And also, yeah, to kind of create keepsakes for families. I yeah. think that's really neat. And then no, I'm really I'm, it doesn't surprise me. She's a very creative person. So that's uh, yeah. that's fantastic. I'm glad she's found a, another platform for her talents. That's wonderful. Well, cool. Thanks, man. Absolutely, Matt. So, all right. So you got the you got the the, the two image projects rolling, Fairylands rolling, and then um, you're coming back to Marvel, and uh, very exciting to uh, hear that you're going to be doing Deadpool. And uh, yeah, yeah. So tell tell me about that, man. I mean, there's you know, it's it's been fun at, over the years, and again, you've had your opportunities. I mean, you know, the Oz book speaks for themselves, but it's always fun to see you play in the Marvel universe, and I really enjoyed right. doing Secret Wars. Uh, your your spin on Secret Wars was fantastic, and <laughs> but, Marvel stuff. Yeah, thing. but now now this is more. You know, I mean, Deadpool is obviously its own kind of craziness, but uh, sure. by the same token, you're in the Marvel universe, the superhero universe proper, with a Daredevil, yeah, or, yeah. Dare, or a, a Deadpool book. So that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, like uh, you know, I had, I had kind of taken a took a break from you know the the regular monthly comics at Marvel for a couple of years yeah. while I focused on Fairyland, and I kept my toe in the cover world there. Um, and then, um, you know, I, and, and things were going well and and I didn't really see myself, um, coming back like in, not out of any, like, "Ah, I'm done with that. Just being like, no, I'm I'm pretty happy right now. Like I'm, you know, and, and writing and drawing a creator own book and, you know, running that ship is, is a, it's, that's a task on its own. You know, it's, 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 uh, to keep a monthly book going when you're writing and drawing it and, you know, finally, I did. I, finally, I did bring a friend on, uh, Kent Wagon Shoots, to help me. You know, edit and kind of project manage these books. So, okay. uh, because you know, that's a whole other, another, uh, another job that you don't realize that you're gonna have to do when you jump into create your own stuff. But, um, and then, um, you know, and then one of my oldest buddies in comics, 
uh, CB uh, called me and was like, hey, I uh, think I'm going to get the editor-in-chief job, <laughs> which is like, holy, that's crazy. <laughs> um, and when that, you know, that happened and then, you know, uh, me and, uh, you know, it was part of the, there was a, there was an excitement there to want to maybe come back and not out of anything other than like, man, it would be fun to go back and make comics with CB again because CB had left Marvel, not Marvel, the company, but Marvel publishing, um, and, and moved to China right. about, about the same time that I, you know, took a step back and took a small break to do fairyland. So it just kind of felt like all the timing was right when I went to do that. Um, because, you know, my, my, one of my oldest friends at the, in comics and at the company was taking his next step in his journey. And there was a, you know, uh, Steve Wacker was a great buddy and he went out West coast about the same time. Right. There's just a lot of, yeah. right. And Sunna, Sunna was also, you know, starting to really, really climb up, uh, at Marvel at the same time as she was minor. So my close circle on the editorial and the executive side at Marvel, everybody was stepping up to the next steps on their journey, you know, on yeah. their journey. Yeah. And, and, and so it kind of just felt like, you know what, God, the timing just seems right to take a little bit of a break. And, um, but then when, you know, CB's moving back and he's going to come and we started to talk about some of his ideas and, you know, his, the, where, where he, you know, the kind of things that he, what the, his approach and, and the, the kind of relationship he wants to have with talent and all the talent having, you know, the creators having the, the relationship with each other. It just seemed like, man, this would be exciting. Um, it sounds like exciting, an exciting time. And, and then, uh, and then, yeah, they just called me one day. Were like, "Hey, what, what do you, uh, what do you think about uh, maybe writing Deadpool?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I've been trying to write Deadpool for a lot of years." Because <laughs> that was the when, um, when, when we first sat down and had the the first conversation. I was on the second to last um, volume of Oz, and we kind of knew, like, I kind of felt like oh, I, I think I'm ready to move on and do something else. Because at that point, it'd been almost you know, five years. Yeah, and yeah. And I was like, I, I think I'm ready to, to, to try something else. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'd love to take, write and draw Deadpool. And, you know, wherever it was at the time, they were like, ah, you, uh, like, you probably can't get that. And not because of like, oh, you're not big enough or whatever. It was just, you know, it was in motion. And I, I think Daniel, I think Daniel Wayne, it was, it was still where it was. Like you, it wasn't stopping and there was no reason to change creative teams. And I wasn't attempting to take it away. That's why I was just like, where is that book? Is there any, is there a breaking spot for that sure. and this is kind of this was kind of pre you know relaunches or reboots or whatever right so this is things kind of are lasting a little longer um yeah oh absolutely no dan had a very long run on deadpool yeah right so he had a big he had a big run and i was like that's basically was like is dan going to be done anytime soon and the answer was no so i was like cool and then that's when i was like and they were like hey um like brian would brian would want to do a um Brian would want to do a like a run on Guardians of the Galaxy because that book had just was just launching. Um, and this is like pre big movie news. This was kind of like you know Brian was just launching with with Steve, um, so there really wasn't a lot of movie hype yet. And uh, you know we're still going to see what that book was going to be like. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that I'm the right guy to follow McNiven. <laughs> Does it, it's, it felt weird for me to, to, it didn't feel like a good fit for me, even though I love, I love Brian, uh, I love Steve. Um, but I was like, God, I just feel like, I don't know that people would enjoy me following that, you know? Um, and, but I was like, but 
like what if what if I just took like Rocket sure. and Groot sure. like did a you know and so I pitched that and they kind of jumped they jumped at that pretty quick. Um, so that was what I did when I wanted to do Deadpool. Deadpool wasn't available, so I kind of was like, well, I, I knew that I couldn't go draw. Like I had been drawing Oz for five years. I didn't even know if I knew how to draw muscle superhero guys anymore. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was too long since I had done a straight up superhero comic. You know, before Oz, I did New X Men, and that was kind of the last time I. So I had spent five years away from that style of drawing. And, and to yeah. be honest, like. I just enjoy drawing this more kind of wacky, cartoony, sure. off-brain stuff. And so, you know, if I couldn't do kind of Deadpool, which would allow me a little leeway on that front, I thought Rocket and Groot would be great because it's, you know, an anthropomorphic space book. Absolutely. So I don't, you know, everything's made up um, and that stuff. So, yeah, that's really that's really where that came, where where the, the, the origin was still, I always had wanted to write Deadpool. So when CB came, came to me... Um, this time around and was like, Hey, you know, the timing is actually pretty, pretty good right now because Jerry's going to be ending his run, mm-hmm. um, which is also a huge run. It and was. Then, no, not as soon as I said that about Dan, I'm like, actually, Jerry, Jerry's had a really long run on Deadpool. As yeah, well. Jerry, Jerry's had a, the written the most issues of Dare, Deadpool uh, ever. Um, I think it's, it's 130 some. I can't yeah, remember the exact surprise number. Me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So no, you know, not intimidating at all to follow that, you know, not at all. <laughs> Um, but and Jerry's a really good buddy. So they were like, you know, when Jerry's runs inning, would you have some interest? And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love to. And then, so he was like, you know, floated around with everybody. Everybody was like, that's a pretty, that seems like a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just because of the kind of, you know, between rocket and then I hate fairyland. It's just like, it just seems the tone seemed to fit anyway. Agreed. Um, and in, you know, again, you know, I've, I come from before a, before being a Deadpool fan, I was, you know, where it really all comes from is, you know, being a Giffen Lobo fan, right? Like, um, I loved all that Giffen Bisley, you know, uh, Lobo stuff back in the day. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, when they came to me and and said that, I was like, yeah, let's, let's have some fun. And so it was, it was, it was cool to be able to come back and just decide like, Oh, let's go have some fun making comics again, instead of feeling like, okay, what's my next career move or whatever. It was like, no, like, I just want to go have some fun with my buddies and make some comments, you know? Very cool. So what can you tell us about the first arc or anything you can tell us about the direction you want to take Deadpool in? Um, well, the, the, the thing that I'm doing there is kind of the similar to the way that I seem to enjoy writing comics most is I weave in and out of storylines and, and do a lot of episodic kind of one, one offs a little bit, right? Like, um, I did it with, I started with rocket is the first one. The first arc was I told a longer story. And after I got done with that, I was like, huh. And I just kind of asked them like, would you guys mind if I, you know, if we shortened these arcs, you know, sometimes do a two issue or a one, a one Absolutely. issue or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, no, that's great. Like we, you know, not all the books have to have the same format. And, <clears throat> and I think, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, obviously there's no hard or fast rule. So I'm not using, I'm not, I'm not saying this as a blanket statement across all humor books, but for me, the way that I feel that I work best in writing books that ha- are supposed to be funny is to, to, to have them really like be run and gun books. And then you, you get the punchline and then you, you're out or whatever. Or you get, I think I, for me, when I try to write a, a, a comedy book that, that is too decompressed, 
um, I'm, it's, I'm not finding it. Like I don't find my rhythm. I don't find the, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sitting in that pocket enough. Um, so for me, it's always fun to be able to sit, sit down and think like, man, tell a beginning, middle and end in 20 pages and, or, you know, in, in 40 pages of two issues. Um, and it kind of lets me write a lot of different kind of genres. Understood. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. I, that was reflective in your rocket. Uh, and even in, even in fairyland, absolutely. It does, you know, 100%. It, it gives you the opportunity to weave in and out of, uh, you know, I want to do a noir issue. I want to, you know, yeah. I want to do, I want to do a, a, a cosmic issue. I want to do a, a fantasy football issue. You know, I want to sure. do, I want to do all these things um, but what, what would happen is like when I'd sit down and think of these things in arcs, I'd be like, Oh, I got, Oh my gosh, I got this idea. I can't do it in, for two more years. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, um, like rocket raccoon and Groot, this was a great example. Um, when I was writing rocket raccoon and Groot, uh, you know, Pacific Rim had just come out or come out on Blu-ray or something. Yes. And I was, I was sitting up there and I was like, God, I don't know what to do for the next issue. And I popped in, I popped in Pacific Rim and I was like, man, how fun would it be to 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 write a kaiju book? Right? Yes, I know, Scotty. You know, I, I swear to God, <laughs> I was I was going to eventually say where you're going. That literally is my favorite issue of the run, where I believe oh you're going. Absolutely, I swear to you, man. Well, my hand is up right well, now. Thank you, absolutely. That is awesome, dude. Because and that's exactly that's and, and exactly tell the people the, if they don't remember the issue as we yeah. Well, so well, that's what it is. Is I sat there and I was like, God, wouldn't it be fun? to do a Godzilla, like a kaiju book. Right. And, 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 and because I was writing a book that like every, any idea I had could possibly be a month away instead of, you know, a lot of times when you're writing in five issue arcs or six issue arcs, and then you've got two arcs planned, then you're like, okay, well this year's already spoken for. Um, I might not be able to tell my, and and will I even be in the mood to tell a kaiju story 19 months from now? You know, um, and so the beautiful thing about this, I'm watching Pacific Rim and I think, God, that'd be fun and blah, blah, blah. So I just started plotting an issue of Rocket where I was like, well, it's no brainer. Groot's a kind of a tree and he could clearly grow. So at some point, maybe it's Grootzilla, right? So you just and, – and, and, and I flash forward to the future and Rocket's like an old grizzled raccoon and he's the only one that can take down – you know, like Groot has become so large and he's become basically a mindless kaiju and – the, the future Avengers have to come and recruit Rocket, who's now in like a fight club type basement. And, you know, uh, and, and, and it, that happens simply because of the nature of this more episodic way of storytelling, which, again, comes from w- w- the way that I grew up reading. Um, well, well, I think a lot of comics were like that when, Absolutely, when I was man, one and done or like you said, two parters. And yeah, man, that, right. the, the story you're describing really is this great like epic Marvel universe story that in right. you know, where, where, where Rocket and Groot are at the center of it. And yeah, Groot's the big bad. And like you said, no, all the, all the other Marvel uh, heroes can't handle it and they got to go to Rocket and Rocket's got to save the world basically from Groot. <laughs> right. Right. And so you get to, you get to have fun with these kind of things. And that, you know, that came from me watching cartoons growing up where, you know, every, you know, right, every watch, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it was kind of fun to just say like, oh, it's like the sim, like everything reboots for the next episode. Sure. Like, you know, it's like we're kind of back to square one, or you know, the arm got mended, or whatever. You know, <laughs> you, you play around with that. And so Deadpool, uh, Nick, and and so so Nick Klein and Scott Hepburn are, are the two uh, amazing artists that I'm working with. Cool. And, 
have been buddies with a long time as well. So it's, it's super easy to write for them because they're both geniuses and, um, and just, I don't know, when you, when you know somebody and you're close with them for a long time and there's just a language you speak already and you, you know, their sense of humor and you know, their sensibilities and that stuff. So, um, yeah, so we're kind of weaving in and out the same way. So we, the first, the first arc that we did start off the first one with a three, a three parter. So Nick, Nick's first three issues all combined together. And that's the first issue had come out a couple weeks ago. Um, Oh, excuse me, Scott. I didn't know that the first issue was already out. All right, good. Oh yeah, it just it just came out like last week, okay. not this Wednesday, the previous Wednesday. So it's still super fresh, um, and and so that first arc, uh, the first arc is going to be you know there's Deadpool is uh, back to being uh, you know a mercenary like he's he's back in business for to being like you know what I've been kind of weaving in and out of Avengers teams and with Shield and like all these years you know he's kind of been wrapped up in the Marvel U and kind of maybe he's a hero sometimes, maybe he's an anti-hero sometimes. And, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil the end of Jerry's run for those who haven't read it yet, but, um, you know, there's, we take something that Jerry did and then it benefited us in a really big way. Um, because we can just take him now and he sets up shop and is like, that's it. I am a guy who gets paid to do jobs and that's it. Like that's, and, and, but the conceit of this first one is he realizes like business is not starting off really well. And he realizes he's going to have to find himself some kind of big job to get everybody to, to kind of notice him again and, and come and hire him. And, uh, and, uh, one kind of falls in his lap through the, through the, through a very giant new, uh, celestial, like cosmic being that shows up riding a big Kirby, like crazy motorcycle. <laughs> uh, um, so again, we, we kind of, we're kind of starting off, uh, we, you know, we start off with your, your straight kind of Deadpool stuff, right? Some breaking the fourth wall, the comedy, uh, you know, smack talking, some bone break knees, knees, knee bones popping out of knees. Um, and then, but then I also wanted to be like, well, let's also throw, some Kirby cosmic stuff at this thing too, and see what happens with there. You know, what happens when you take the funny, the funny yuck, yuck guy and, you know, you throw him up against, and all, all of a sudden he, the only person that's able to uh, solve this big cosmic threat is for some reason, Deadpool, um, which is kind of an embarrassing for the Avengers since they seem to be able to handle all the celestials all the time. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, we're doing that for the first arc and then, Man, we've got like uh, then Scott's going to come in, and Scott's Scott did the backup story in issue one, where we kind of play around with Deadpool um, realizing that he needs to put a new fresh coat of paint on his uh, you know this whole the whole initiative's fresh start, right? With Marvel, so Deadpool decides like, well, it's a fresh start. I need a fresh coat of paint on my origin, <laughs> and. So he, he starts workshopping maybe possible new origins for him. <laughs> and so we see what it would be like if his origin, you know, where he plays around with gamma radiation with, uh, <laughs> with, with, with Betty or, um, or, you know, if he 
was uh, a, a crazy looking baby sent from another planet, maybe, or um, you know, possibly he was a kid who was leaving a theater on the night of his birthday, and so, you know, it goes through an alleyway he shouldn't have went through, <laughs> or or is bitten bitten by a spider, and for some reason, you know, all these outcome, all these uh, origins, into, like the gamma radiation hits him, and for whatever reason, he looks like Deadpool, which doesn't make any sense. Or he gets bit, he gets bitten by a spider and still comes out looking like Deadpool with swords and guns. And the the like Flash Thompson is kind of like I don't really understand what why the spider made you have swords. <laughs> um, um, so we play with that, uh, but that goes like a, there's a nice little fun ending on that story. And then when Scott comes in on his on his issues is when we start getting into episodes. So right out of the gate, we do we're doing a, a Weird World issue. Oh, fun! Um, Excellent. Where 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 um, you know I thought Jason and Mike Del Mundo's uh, run on Weird World yes. during this course was just phenomenal. Agreed, I man. No, it's a blast. I, yes, it just felt like old comics and, and just I was going to say the know. same thing man no exactly I hadn't thought about World War literally since the 70s and it's like oh look at this this is fantastic <laughs> yeah so we, so I love that and so first thing out of the gate I'm like all right let's uh, <laughs> Deadpool gets a job to 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 uh, to kill some dude that that basically embezzled a lot of money and that dude is hiding out in weird world um, because he figures like nobody's going to find him there he's going to there's no extradition there <laughs> um, and and so uh, Deadpool has to go in there for a job and then you know whack, wackiness ensues and it is it was probably when I got done every now and then you write something and you're like that was pretty good or like oh, I don't know about that one but like when I got done with that one I was like I hope that my editors like this because I fucking love it. That's great, man. <laughs> like, That's excellent. Um, but, but at the same time, <laughs> I loved it so much that I also knew like, this is a really, it's a weird structure. It, you know, it's also one of those things you can play around with in 20 pages versus 60. Like I wouldn't have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to do this weird storytelling structure. Had I been, had it been a full arc. Understood. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because because I knew I had the brevity of twenty pages, it would be weird enough to hold you for twenty, but probably would have wore on you by sixty, right? So um, so we've got weird, we've got a weird world issue, and then this is something else I'm re- really excited about is uh, the timing has never worked out for me on any of my Marvel books uh, or even Fairyland to do holiday issues. Okay, um, <laughs> because you know, like I've always wanted to do. Halloween comic and a Christmas comic like a and I've never landed on the, like I've never had a book land on those months that that fit this like either my storyline was already in the middle of something or you know it was already in the works and I couldn't fit it or I just didn't have a book come out there so I could never time it right and so Scott's second issue is going to be uh, a Halloween themed issue which is freaking exciting um then when Nick comes back, his first issue back is, is in December. So I finally get to do a Christmas issue, um, which uh, I'm currently writing right now, which is bizarre because it's about 105 degrees outside uh, here in Kansas City. And I, I'm writing, uh, you know, I'm writing Deadpool walking around the North Pole. So um, it's uh, it, it, I'm, I'm literally listening to Christmas scores today, like uh, uh like Christmas movie scores while I'm, while it's 105 degrees out. Um, uh, so those are some of the things, some of the ones we've got coming up. And then, um, 
then I'm, I'm, I'm just hitting the editors up and, the, and, and Nick and Scott and being like, send me lists of characters that you guys want to play with. Like, because that's the other great thing about this, you know, a character like Deadpool and, and, uh, in this nature of, uh, more episodic kind of one-off storytelling is we can really hit a lot of cool buttons, um, and play with a lot of cool characters and, um, and people are pretty forgiving of sometimes with continuity, you know, when you, when you're with a, with a book like Deadpool, um, sure, I think, course. you know, we, we don't have to be super, I mean, or even, you know, somebody, uh, um, uh, somebody hit me up about a story that they were doing and they wanted to use Deadpool in it. And, you know, they were like, well, you're, he's going to be here in yours so I can use him here in mine. And oh my, I was like, well, mine comes out at this point. They're like, Oh, I won't do it. Then I was like, no, no, you should super should do it. Like, we know, like it's comic books. We'll just put a comic book bandaid on it and be like, Oh, that was on Wednesday. Right. Exactly. You know? Sure. All right. I got a request then for a character. Okay. I'm writing it down. Kill Raven. Kill Raven. All right. <laughs> Right, and especially after you said Weird World, because, man, some of those War of the Worlds back in the day, man, those were always interesting one-issue things. I don't know if you ever read it. it. There was one where he finds a weird futuristic amusement park, like a Disneyland, that has all these different automatons, and a lot of them represent uh, Marvel characters. And there's even a combination of, I want to say, Jimmy Carter and Captain America. Where, oh, really? Yeah, and I mean, and it's, you know, just just crazy weird you know, for no for no other reason, and that's the thing. It's like he he shows up, he fights a bunch of weird robots, he hears a couple right. weird speeches, destroys the robots, and he walks out of the amusement park, and that's the end. John, you might be responsible. I'm looking at this now. <laughs> I, I'm I feel like this might be the next issue I write after the Christmas one is done. Like you you may have just won the. I'm gonna have to run it by the editors just to make sure. But um, it's funny because I've been. Like one of my things on the list was time. I was like, okay, there's definitely gonna be a time travel story because cool. I'm not really. I haven't, you know, I played around with that a little bit in Fairyland, um, mm -hmm. but I think I think you know Deadpool is a is a cool character to play around with that, and there you know there's there's tie there's a, there's ties to time travel because Dead Deadpool twenty ninety nine yes is like Deadpool's daughter <laughs> right like when she's older and so like there's a there's a, like a big there's a big circle there that I was like we've been trying to figure out what to play with there but I think. <laughs> You may have just unlocked it. Oh, that's John, great, man. Raven, oh, it's my favorite. It, it's on a post-it note on my on my computer now. So, oh, and, and it's it says Kill Raven, Jay Suntress under it. Oh, so that's you, you're, <laughs> so. I will definitely, you know, you're no stranger to the pages of Marvel Comics. Um, <laughs> so we may have to figure out a way to slide you in there. Oh, too. that'd be <laughs> that would be fantastic, man. I appreciate. It. Wow, immortalized by Scotty Young. That's great, man. Second only to. Uh, my my request of a sketch of yours and uh, it, seriously and I and, and I know you wrote the armor the all ages armor wars adaptation or did you just do the covers for it? Oh no, I just do the covers okay. for it. Yeah, because that uh, and I always pointed out, man, you do that great Tony Stark holding the holding the uh, helmet in that last poor Yorick pose. Oh, and, and truly, you, man, that was always my favorite cover, and I had you do a quick a quick sketch for me of it, and it's uh, it's hanging right. on one of my walls, man. So, oh, thanks, John. Absolutely. That means a lot. Oh, dude, are you kidding? No, it's uh, truly. I'm like, oh, that's you know, and I mean, that's a classic pose. It's been it's been done in right. other comics before and things like that. But it really does fit Tony, and and that's the thing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, for sure. And yeah, and and your sensibilities and everything, I think, really uh, came through. But also, you know, really, it, it's a real Iron Man moment, and that's that's right. I well, love I love Iron Man. I've got uh, you know, I have three Iron Men on my walls. I have yours. 
I have a Dick Ayers, and I had Dick Ayers when he was still alive do that really brief armor where the face plate uh, ends in a point above the helmet. In the in the, yeah, with, with the, it, the is the two points right? Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. You yes, know, I yes. saw that on a Marvel superheroes cartoon, and I think it was uh, their adaptation of when the Hulk leaves the Avengers in like issue three mm-hmm. of the Avengers. And yeah, I was always like, "What's with the armor? What the hell is that?" And I always just loved it. So yeah, I, I, when I met Dick Ayers, I'm like, "Can you do that?" He's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." And then Celia, I love that version of I love I love that version of Iron Man. We just we were at the comic book shop here the other day, and I was telling I went Jason Jason Aaron to his comic, local comic shop now that I live here, and, uh-huh. and they had a big statue of that version. Oh, that's great with the pointed with the pointed tops. And I love that's my favorite visual of Iron Man. It's like where. His metal still kind of looked like spandex a little, yes. and and it had a big it had a big like band cuffs on the forearm, yes, yes. Um, and the fore and, and it had like the you know the, the the big band across the shoulders, like I like that will like that will always be my Iron Man, like it, it will uh, that'll always be what Iron Man is in my head. I hear you, man. Well, and and I'm a I'm a George Tuska fan, and I like the way he does the faceplate with that almost nose niche that he. Uh, Right. That, he, that he gave Iron Man, and then the other is a classic, just as you're describing it with the uh, with the shoulder bands on the uh, on the torso and everything. And yeah, mm-hmm. Seely, Seely just drew, drew this. I'm like, I really want a classic, you know, '60s '70s Iron Man. He's like, no problem. And yeah, man. Oh, so, yeah, so yeah, I've got like my little great, Iron Man wing choice. of my art. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you know, obviously, no. Tim's one of your guys. Well, that's. I'm really glad that you're you're down in Kansas City and. Uh, Hanging with Jason and uh, find found a nice little community to uh, be a part of and everything and of course now you know you'll be I'm I'm sh- were you already a fixture at Planet, Planet Comic Con were you going a lot Yeah and that's that's really where it all started was like um, so the, the story about this town and and this this group of friends and everything really goes back to literally the the it was 2008 well my yeah yeah it was 2000. No, no, it was 2009. My son was born in 2009. I was just trying to do the timing of when the con was. So 2009, um, getting ready to leave for Kansas City on a Thursday. Um, Casey sits me down on Wednesday night and says that tells me that she is pregnant um, with our first son. Um, And then the next morning I drive seven hours to a convention Um, like – you know, in a, in a, in a light awe shock, you know, like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so can this, yeah, Kansas city and planet comic con, I got to Kansas city. Um, I had I had just kind of become friends with Nathan Fox around that time. And he lived there at the time. Okay. And so, so I met up with him the night that I got there and, you know, I told him the news and he had a kid at the time. So he was, it was actually a really good weekend because, um, um, I was around a parent and I was, I was clearly going to be a new parent. And, uh, um, I actually, met, that weekend, I actually met a lot of people who would become, uh, you know, really good friends to me for the next till now. And, and probably a big reason why I live, but, uh, fraction, Matt and Kelly Sue sure. still yeah. live. They were, they were just getting ready to move to Portland. So hadn't done it yet. And I didn't know this at the time, but they also had just found out that they were pregnant again. <laughs> so, um, we were both meeting each other for the first time and slightly in a dazed state. <laughs> um, and then, um, uh, you know, I met, uh, 
Jesse Hopeless and, sure. and, and Dennis, and you know they are still really close friends of mine. Uh, Jesse is our tattoo artist. She is amazing, and that's what and I keep hearing. Man, keeps us, yeah, keep, keeps us all on fresh ink. And then, um, and then the next year, I, they invited me back. I was like, oh, that's fun. So I came, and I, I want to say the next year um, is when I met Jason um, and uh, hung out with him a little bit. And and for whatever reason, we were going somewhere, and he was driving because he's local, so he was kind of driving around and. We stopped by his house and we're having a beer at his house. And, and I just, I'll always remember, he'll say, he said, Hey, you, uh, you want to go downstairs and look at my comics? It's <laughs> like, okay. Like, people don't know this about Jason. Like, because, you know, you look at Jason, he's got sleeved out tattoos and, a, you know, the big burly beard. And, and, you know, he writes books like, uh, you know, Scalped and Southern Bastards and Men of Wrath and all these, like, hardcore books, yeah. right? Um, he's like, but, he is the biggest comic nerd on the planet earth. Like <laughs> he reads, he reads like every comic and, and has done so since the dawn of his existence. <laughs> and so when I literally went down to his basement and it looked like a mini comic shop, That's like, fantastic. it was just long boxes for days. And, and, um, we became fast. Jason and I became fast friends, uh, then. And so then it was just a point. Then I just made it a point to keep coming back because, um, you know, my buddy lived here and then, uh, each time I'd come back and then I, then, then we do plan it and then I'd do a supplemental trip cause it's only about six or seven hour drive from, from Peoria. Yeah. So, so once we, we'd added another trip and then Casey and I'd come and then we started to meet their friends and, you know, their extended group of friends here and their kids and then our kids met each other. And then, then we started being like, Hey, let's all get a lake house between us in St. Louis and, and, you know, let the kids run, run around crazy sure. and we'll sit around playing cards against humanity or whatever. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, Planet Comic Con really was kind of the origin of all that and, 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 you know, probably responsible for me, uh, you know, me and my family deciding like, you know what, like we, we, we enjoy these people so much and we get together so much and, and, uh, why don't we just make the jump and just go, you know, again, kind of what we're, you know, we're talking about. It's a, it's a really interesting time for me because, I talked about a couple of years ago where the, everybody at Marvel kind of went one way and went on the next leg of their adventure, yes. and so did I. And now, now CB came back and he's on a new part of his adventure, and now I'm back at Marvel and, and you know a new part of my adventure. And it, at the same time, we left Illinois, which I've lived almost my whole life, um, you know, with the exception of you know my high school years. Um, you know, so yeah, there's a new, the new adventure has, is beginning here in, in Kansas city and it's, it's pretty great so far. That's great, man. And honestly, yeah, it's, it, and I'm sure it helps Baxter as well adjust and have, you know, friends down there immediately uh, to hang with. Yes. And so, so, and, and yourself and Casey as well. That's no, that's terrific, man. And I, and I'm really glad. And also, again, as someone who has also lived in Illinois all their life and spent a good mm-hmm. uh, chunk of that time in central Illinois, I'm glad you're out of Peoria. <laughs> yeah man well you know it's it's a real I, I, peoria has such potential to be a great little small city yes i know go on um, yep but you know the obviously the financial side of illinois is not great no, it isn't um as far as just you know our taxes and yes i mean the property tax in peoria was absolutely ridiculous um and 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 which is thrilling, thrilling stuff for the comic fans for me to be talking oh, about. But my, I get it. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, you know. But, but then, then, um, but the other problem that we have, and we're currently kind of having it, is, um, you know, Caterpillar's there, but it seems as if Caterpillar is slowly, you know, 
slowly, you know, they took their executives, like the, you know, about you know three, four hundred executives last year, and moved them to Chicago. Um, there you go. And then so it, the writing's on the wall a little bit, and we were afraid, like if we stay here much longer, we, we could potentially never be able to get out of here. <laughs> we will never be able to sell a house if Caterpillar, yeah. if Caterpillar ever leaves this town. Um, we're all going to be stuck. So we, we really kind of were like, okay, it's kind of, we should go now or never. And definitely before our son gets, you know, Baxter's going to start third grade. Sure. And if we waited too much longer, he was definitely going to be in that zone where it's going to be hard to ask Absolutely. him um, to, to leave his friends. Yeah. So uh, everything just was kind of lined up and a, a great house came available and we, we kind of jumped on it. Our friends were really awesome in helping us out. And, um, and we're having a great time so far, man. I mean, like we, you know, like almost every night we've been at some, somebody's house or we've had cookouts over here already. Like we weren't here three days and I think we had a cookout with 25 people here. Oh, that's <laughs> I don't great. think I, I I don't think I had 25 people at my in my Peoria house total. <laughs> like, not even at one time. I'm just saying like total. If you added up all the times people came over, <laughs> so yeah, we're having a blast, man. We, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's hilarious. Well, that's great. I um, I, I to wrap up. Um, what are you watching? I I, I always uh, am interested in what you're watching, and uh, there's a lot of choices. Although I know you're very busy and you just finished the move, so you maybe haven't watched a lot recently. Um, yeah, well, we are the the thing that Casey and I are watching together at the moment is Handmaid's Tale. Sure. We're at the we're we're in the second season of that, so we're we're a couple episodes behind, I think, of, on that. Um, but we're watching that. But it's a really uplifting show. <laughs> um, I always, I always, I, I always love watching that right before I go to bed. You know, it just really sends me off to sleep with the happy thoughts. <laughs> um, no, and in fact, like, top it off I, with Westworld as well and have a few, a pure nihilistic kind of evening of, yeah, of fun. I haven't, we haven't jumped into Westworld season two yet. And part of me wants to go back and do a quick rewatch of season one and roll into season two. Cause it's been a little while sure. since I watched one sure. and I kind of want a refresher. Um, trying to think we've been doing a lot of, um, I mean, we, we are rewatchers more often than not right now, especially since we're in the movie and we don't have our TV set up where we want it and stuff like that. So right now it's been, it's been more catching up on the movies. Um, I just went and saw Solo. Still haven't seen um, Solo. Did you enjoy it? I did. Good. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, I thought I thought it was really in the spirit of the, the adventure side of Star Wars, which I feel like sometimes we forgot that that's – what I thought those movies were, it wasn't always about like, you know, especially the first Star Wars, you know, the first Star Wars wasn't like, it was mostly an adventure, a fantasy yeah, adventture, yeah. right? And then, with, with, and now it's always so big and epic, which I also like that, but it was, Solo felt, had to me, had the spirit of that fantasy adventure side of the world that um that you know rogue one definitely didn't have you know it was very heavy and yes um, and i mean i still enjoyed it but yeah i agree with you yeah yeah oh yeah yeah it's just a different thing and i think it, i think this needed to be a different thing and i, th- I think it did um I, I think the han chewy stuff was great um yeah I, it also helped that i had zero expectations i think that um 
I always think that a movie benefits from the bad buzz. <laughs> like that movie seemed to have such bad buzz for so long leading up to it that it lowered my expectations so far that I'm like, I'm probably going to dig this movie. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's that kind of buzz that has made me decide I'm not reading this shit anymore because oh, it's ridiculous. And I mean, no, the, everyone comes already to hate a movie and then, you know, and, and, and granted, the box office hasn't been great, but all I've heard from people who've actually seen the movie is, oh, I thought it was fun. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. And, and that's fine. That's good. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, I, yeah, um, I haven't seen Deadpool 2 yet either, unfortunately. I just saw that one. Um, I, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I, I think I liked the first one. I think I liked the first one more. Okay. Um, um, I think Tim Miller... I think Tim Miller was great. Like I think uh, the director on the first one, I think he just there was, he just got sure. it in a, in a real way. Um, I don't think this was far off from it, but obviously it was bigger. Um, and there was still some great moments, but yeah, the first one I thought was a real home run. Like cool. Um, I liked I liked it on, on all that stuff. And then Avengers, I saw Avengers. That was that was good. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I loved Infinity War. Yeah. That was some big superheroing. That was really cool. Absolutely, man. Um, that was exciting to watch. Absolutely, and then really every moment. And also, it was such a payoff from all the other movies. And and I and right. I know because of the hype behind it. I don't know how many. I mean, you know, again, what what circles of friends you're run into. But at the radio station, people who weren't watching the Marvel movies are like, "I'm hearing a lot of things about Infinity War. Should I see it?" And I'm like, "No," because if you haven't really been watching the movies, I'm like, "You'll get it, but you right. won't enjoy it and appreciate." payoffs that you know were you know started in the first iron man movie and were happening or the first thor movie and it's like right. you know that's what makes it such a great movie is it really is chapter 18 or 19 whichever it is of this long right, story right. so yeah no right. i i know and i'm and and the other funny thing is and as a writer i don't know how you feel but franco and i were talking and he's like well don't you think this might happen or don't you think that might? And i'm like i'm not thinking about it i'm letting them write the story I'll, I'm happy to join right. them next May. I said, but no, I really, I have no, I mean, I obviously there's just things about the Infinity Gems that you're immediately like, well, here's five different ways they can undo things. But right. beyond that, I'm like, no, I'm very content to wait and not think about it until next May and, and see what they yeah. do. So, 100%. There you go, yeah. man. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, I wish, yeah, I wish I had more. Oh, Atlanta. I, I've been, How is Atlanta? I haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing show, dude! Cool. It's Donald Glover is—he's a genius, man. Uh, he is, man. I had he, no idea about his music uh, career until he just hosted SNL, and oh, he's amazing. That, yeah, yeah he's that's amazing. the thing. It's like, holy shit, man! This guy's like, you know. And forgive the comparison. I don't mean to sound rude, but like a, a great Sammy Davis Jr. Where it's like, holy shit, man! The guy's he funny. Is, he can sing. He can dance. It's like, what the hell can he do? That's amazing. He's a genius. His, <laughs> I think Atlanta is one of the smartest smartest shows i've seen man it's it, it, the writing is just amazing That's the excellent. character the characters are just the acting everything you, you should definitely dive in okay. it is it's it's awesome it, it's it's amazing well, I have a um, yeah I saw okay i was gonna say yeah, go i have a recommendation for you because and i mentioned this to jason well please i'm not and i don't know if you, i'm not a country music fan per se but i do appreciate the history of country music and i'm also hearing there's a, a podcast that's similar to this but um, Mike Judge, the Beavis and Butthead guy and King of the Hill, yeah, yeah. He, on Cinemax, he has this show called Tales of the Tour Bus. And it's part documentary, but it's animated. And he talks to right. all of these people that worked with these giant country music stars 
especially ones from the 70s and 80s and 60s. And it's all these crazy tales from the road. And, and you think punk rockers and heavy metal guys are badasses and crazy on the road. The country guys are right there with them. And it's all drunk out of their mind, driving their truck in the middle and destroying a bar and, you know, fist fights <laughs> and, and just, just crazy. I mean, Johnny Paycheck's story is insane. Uh, everybody. And it's great because right. they talk to, like, the guy, you know, Porter Wagner's uh, costume designer. And you know Dolly Parton's hairdresser, and uh, you know sidemen that that toured with the uh, with the bands and road managers and stuff, and it's it's fantastic. Right. It's it's really they're half hour stories. A couple are two parters, and uh, mm-hmm. George Jones, Tammy Wynette, uh, that's an amazing story, and and it's hilarious. And and Jason, I know, is such a country music lover. And yeah, C two E two. I'm like Jason. You've got to see this show. It's amazing. Oh yeah, if he hasn't, if he yeah, if he hasn't dove in yet, we might have to make that like maybe maybe one of our weekly <laughs> drink and watch shows. Or something. Well, and, and that's, yeah, that sounds great. And I love um, uh, that reminded me because I, I really dig. I'm a I'm a like I'm behind on this last season, but I do like Silicone Valley. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, it was a great season. Yeah, I think that I haven't. I need to finish this season. Um, you know, the move popped up, so I got a little behind. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely a fan of that for sure. Me too. Yeah, that's great. Well, and again, man, I, I rem- you know, I wasn't watching Teen Titans Go until you told me about it in, in Cincinnati, and I'm like a couple years ago, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And and once again, of course, you weren't wrong. I, are Rick and Morty? Are you a Rick and Morty guy? You know what? That's another one that I need to. I have watched. I think one day I finally at the studio, I popped in, I watched like three episodes and I thought, Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and then whatever, it just got away from me. And I, and I, and it's one of those things I'm like, Oh shit, I got it. And then I, I have it. So you, again, you just reminded me like, okay, dive back into Rick and Absolutely, Morty, which uh, I, I've got to do it because also like I did a, I've done a Rick and Morty sketch and put it on Instagram. It's like, one of the most liked images I've ever I done, no which I was like, oh, crazy. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I need to, I need to get on this for sure. I just talked to Teeny Howard and she's, she's written a lot of, uh, you know, Rick and Morty comics for Oni and Kyle Starks too. And, uh, I haven't had Kyle on yet, but I know he's you know, a great creator and he really gets the, Oh, point. he's a fun dude. He's a really fun dude. Too. And, and honestly, I, I, it sounds like your schedule is full and stuff, but I'd love to see you write and draw some Rick and Morty. I think you'd have a blast. Oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be really fun. So, yeah, no, great stuff. And, uh, no, I, I love the show. Slot is the one they recommended. I came late to it uh, midway through when the first uh, the third season was just wrapping up. And, uh, you know, obviously I've binge-watched it since, and I've watched all three seasons. Yeah, it's amazing. So, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Too dude. funny. All right, dude, well, this is a good catch-up. And uh, I'm, I'm psyched for the new stuff that's coming, and uh, I... Uh, of course, I'm still enjoying Fairyland, and 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 yeah, man, I gotta hit, hit the the store this weekend and pick up my first issue of Deadpool. And uh, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah and, and then when when we get closer, when we get closer to fall, let's uh, let's let's reconvene, and then I want to, and I'd love to introduce you to Aaron and 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 Jorge, and and uh, you know, let you pick the brains of some of these these young geniuses that that I that that are gonna come and. Uh, devour us all with their immense skills. <laughs> Sounds good. No, that'd be great, man. So yeah, let's uh, yeah let's uh, let's try something later in the year and uh, and reconvene with Scotty Young and uh, get some more tales from him. Awesome. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, brother. A great creator that's doing things his way, Scotty Young, on today's Word Balloon. We didn't talk about the business that much. 
um, we're going to have to rectify that in our next conversation. And I'm always interested in Scotty's opinions of not only the comic market, but the podcast world as well. He's an avid podcast listener and uh, a good critical ear that a lot of times I will sit down with and go, all right, what do you think about what's going on? So Scotty Young on today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. All brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Uh, some of the great books that are available with Scotty Young's name on it at InStock Trades. Uh, let's see here. We've got his great collaboration with Neil Gaiman. Fortunately, The Milk from Harper Collins, man. A very cool story. Something, again, that we talked about off the air, and I've yet to talk to him about it on the air. What a great collaboration. 30% off, $10.49. You can get a lot of his great Oz work. The Oz Omnibus hardcover. Eric Shanover doing the writing. Scotty Young doing the art. It's a gigantic but beautiful rendition of the Oz Tales. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, this thing is so worth it. So many great stories, not just the classic story in the Omnibus. Well worth it and a real nice thing to sit down with a kid with and and, and explore the world of uh, L. Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz. 42% off, $72.50. Now, if you do want to get the trades, they're also available as well. Uh, You can get Emerald City of Oz for $11.59. There's the wonderful Wizard of Oz new packaging, the original classic story, 42% off, $14.49. Just a couple of the Oz books. Uh, There's also uh, things like uh, Giant Size Little Marvel, AVX uh, hardcover. Uh, That's 42% off, $14.49. There's the Rocket Raccoon and Groot trade paperback, Tricks of the Trade. That is with Felipe Andrade uh, helping uh, Scotty with the art, but it still kept that consistent, beautiful look. Scotty doing the writing. 42% off, $10.43. All available for you at InStockTrades.com. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. Great books, great prices, InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to today's Word Balloon. Don't forget Mike Cronenberg uh, talking about Batman and the Bronze Age and my favorite sport, the sweet science, boxing. Uh, boxing is on an uptick, and you know my uh, love of boxing. I uh, used to cover the sport for 16 years, 1989 till uh, 2006. I guess technically 17 years when you think about it. But I wrote articles uh, for Ring Magazine and Boxing Illustrated. I should say for Ring, it was really, really more fight results, and I did it very briefly. But I spent a good uh, seven years with Boxing Illustrated, stretching back from 1989 all the way up to uh, 1996. Is that the right math? Don't, you know, I I was promised there'd be no math today. But those were the years. And then I continued to cover boxing and radio uh, on the score starting in 19, well, really even before that, uh, starting at the loop and then the score back in 1990. And then uh, all the way until uh, 2006 was the last time I covered boxing for uh, any uh, broadcast outlet. But uh, I'm still a fan, and here we are 12 years later, so it's great to talk about uh, boxing because it's uh, on the uprise. There's been some really great fights in the last 12 months, and I can honestly, hell, even more than that, 15 months, I guess, and uh, truly classic fights, um, and there's some really great fighters out there, so it's a pleasure to talk to Mike Cronenberg about that subject. Also, later on in a few days, you'll be hearing from uh, Doug Fisher, who will also talk comics and boxing with me on another episode of Word Balloon. Uh, That's coming up uh, before uh, the uh, 4th of July, along with uh, some other great conversations I've had. You want to tease? Jerry Ordway coming up on Word Balloon. Don McGregor, one of Black Panther's important creative fathers, on an episode of Word Balloon. Um, Really great stuff. A couple other people that are coming up that are uh, promised around the holiday season. So I'm not sure if they'll make it before the 4th. But uh, certainly June into July, 
Uh, the hits just keep on coming. Great conversations here on Word Balloon. Jason Inman is going to come back. Jupiter Jet, the uh, fine uh, new young uh, adult uh, comic that he and Ashley Robinson created. Uh, we're going to talk about the new uh, uh, collection, their first trade paperback, coming out this summer. So uh, lots to talk about on Word Balloon in the days and weeks ahead. I hope you'll join me. Thanks for listening today. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.